with a great joy and honor that we have with us uh, Father Joseph Morris from St. Gregory Palamas Monastery, um, a good friend for many, many years. He was with us uh, here on the West Coast at St. Luke's in Garden Grove for several years where we got very comfortable and familiar and he was a good friend to us when we were becoming moving into the Orthodox Church. Uh, spent some time a little bit with him back at the uh, Holy Transfiguration Monastery in Pennsylvania and Dormition Monastery in Michigan. So, uh, Father, thank you for being with us and being a part of our Liturgical Arts Festival. Presentation on Byzantine hymnography and chant was beautiful. Thank you very much, Father. I feel a little bit like the German Protestant pastor who week after week worked on his homily, his sermon, hours and hours and hours, not that I was doing that, but um, and decided that he was going to go by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and, and not prepare. And as he ascended the great pulpit in the church, he heard a small voice within saying, Hans, Hans, you have been very lazy. With that, through the prayers of our Holy Fathers, may the Lord have mercy on me. Today the Gospel is a, a very beautiful Gospel. It is the story of the raising of the only son of the widow of Nain. As the Lord is entering the city, city he, saw, he sees a funeral procession going out of the city. And it says in the Gospel that when he saw this, he had compassion. When he saw this, this pitiable sight, surely it was, a widow in those days was not a widow with a pension or social services, uh, not, and a, certainly a widow that had her only son, uh, that her only son had died, was a widow most pitiable and without resources and without help, without any kind of help. And the Lord saw that and he looked at it. And you know, amaz amazing things happen when the Lord looks at us. Sometimes we don't feel that the Lord is looking at us. Um, and you know that song about Santa Claus, um, it's not, that's not at all it about Santa Claus, but the Lord does see us, he knows us, he knows our sufferings, and he knows that we're, when we are in the deepest straits, he knows that we are in the sea of sin, he knows that when we are in the depths of despair, he knows us, and he knows us, and he helps us when we cry out to him. St. Paul, in the, in the epistle today, which was read, he refers to his, his, um, his revelation. Sometimes it's called the conversion, where he says, he says, 14 years ago, I know a man who was caught, caught, caught up into third heaven, whether in the body or in the body, I do not know, but God knows. And that revelation, you see that revelation is, is really the revelation on the road to Damascus. When the Lord saw him, and captured one of his fiercest opponents all the, at that time, although Paul had, St. Paul had zeal for the Lord, it was without knowledge. Although he had 
zeal for the Lord and long to serve the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it without, without the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And the Lord saw him, and he saw that zeal, and he captured him. We, in, uh, in uh, the, uh, on the 24th of September, I believe it's the 24th, um, but um, we celebrate the day of Saint, that's not the 24th, in September we celebrate the day of Saint Estathius, uh Placidus, and he was a man, and it says in there, he was, he was a man that although he did not know God, he did the works of God. And of course we know that there are people outside of the Orthodox Church, although they do not know God, they do the works of God. That's what often puts us to shame. Although they do not know God, and it's knowing God that gives us power and strength to do things that we never thought we could do. But St. Placidus, St. Estathius, before, after baptism, was hunting one day, and he was with his party, and he saw a huge stag, and, and the stag ran and ran, and Estathius ran after him, and, and there, as he was away from his entire hunting party, that stag turned around, and a cross appeared between the antlers and said, I am Jesus of, La of Nazareth, be baptized. And he and his wife, his wife had received a vision that day, and she too, um, and her, the two children were baptized. Their story is a story of Job in a sense, because they have everything and they lose everything. But God saw them and he captured them and he loved them and he made out of this good man a saint and a martyr, a holy family of martyrs, um, finally. We know that from the uh, story of uh, Saint Macarius um, that he was walking along in the Egyptian desert and he saw a skull. We know the opposite of not being regarded, not being seen. He saw a skull and he picked it up and, and the skull said that when you Christian priests pray, even the pagans, we in, in hell, uh, receive comfort. And, and St. Macarius said, well, what's it like in hell? And what he said was very interesting. He said, we're, we're, we're tied back to back and we never see the face of one another. When we venerate an icon, of course, we say that the icons are windows into heaven, but we should also re realize that when we are looking at those icons and viewing heaven, heaven is looking at us. Heaven is embracing us. Heaven and paradise are calling us to that life which is above life and greater than life, to that life of which this life is only a shadow and a dream, to that life and that glory and that joy that is, is forever. Of course, that God sees us and he sees our sufferings and we are baptized into him means that we should also have eyes. We should, you know, the icons also, if you notice, their, their mouths are very small, but their eyes are looking, looking. And we should be looking, 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 not for the bad things of the world, but for the, the, the places of suffering. 
because we too can be agents of transformation. We too, just as the Lord saw and he had pity on the woman, the, 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 and he went and he touched the bier and the young man got up and there was a resurrection. So there are countless times when there's a resurrection in our day. I remember about 10 years ago I was called to the hospital. It was a woman in her 60s. Um, she was Orthodox and she was a military person. She had, was retired and her diabetes was out of whack and she had been in a coma and it was very, very, very tenuous. She was from upstate Indiana. And I, I went to the hospital and she said, well, I've only been Orthodox for about five years. And she, she said, you know, I like music. And she says, I sing alto. And at the army base, uh, they asked me to sing for Pascha. And, I, and I've been doing it for years. And finally, I, I, I was just swept into the Orthodox Church through this experience. He said, but I don't know why I didn't really think of the Orthodoxy before this. Because, and then she began to tell me, she says, when in the 60s, about 63 or 64, 1964, she says, I was a wild... I was a wild girl. She said, I ran away from college. I went to San Francisco. I, I did every sin that you could do. And she said, and I was disgusted with myself. And she says, there was this Russian church with big domes. And, and I went into the church and she says, when it, it was opened every day, and she said, I went in there and I cried for two weeks. And she said, and, some, and something, and I, I, I never remembered it, but she said, something happened. She says, there was a little old priest that came up to me and talked to me every day and would say something. And, would, and she said, I don't know why. She said, I was, I was on drugs. I couldn't kick the habit. I was despairing. And she said, this little old priest talked to me. And she said, he would, she said I felt such deep peace around him. And she said, you know, after two weeks, I left that. I went back to my family. I went back to college. She said it was a, a terrible interlude. She said, but this priest really helped me. And I, I got chills when I heard it because I knew exactly. exactly who she was talking about. She was talking about St. John. And uh, I said to her, um, you should know who this little old priest was. I said, he's the same. I said, when I come back again, I'll show you a picture and an icon. I'll give you an icon. So I came back and she said, that's him. That's him. So God's saints are in the world and they're touching people and they're changing lives. We're the recipients of that and, and it was a res resurrection for her. Saint, Saint, Saint John Chrysostom says that the hands that no longer do evil, the, the, the feet that no longer stray, it's better, it's better than a resurrection from the dead. It's better than when, when a human life is raised from sin and corruption. It's better. It is the resurrection before the resurrection. And of course, that's what we're celebrating today in this divine liturgy. We are celebrating the fact that heaven is looking at us and we are looking at heaven, and in that we are changed. Just as we call down the, the Holy Spirit on the gifts of bread and wine, 
we're not just calling down, down on the bread and wine and on the people here present, on all the people. That's why even if we don't receive the Holy Communion all the time, that the Holy Spirit coming down upon us in this moment, in this moment that will come, changes. It's the cha same change that the Gospel always affects when it touches the hearts of men and women who are struggling, who are repenting, who are longing to live with God, who are longing to do God's will, and to men and women who know who they really are and to whom they really belong. I think Father John used to say that to his children. Uh, I heard this from Father David David Way. But, but that's part of the regard of God. That's part of the looking of God. Knowing who we are, knowing who we belong to, and we know where we're going. To him be glory and praise to the ages of ages. Amen.